In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. I'm already kind of dubious about the vaccines, and you tell me uh, you have to absolutely get this, you're hitting me over the head with it, and you're saying I can't do anything, I can't basically can't exist in society if I don't do it. Well, is that going to make me feel better about it? Reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS-60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon-60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS-60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS-60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 organic oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast or go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. C- c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. 
revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Vaccine passports. Is this the end of liberty? The end of freedom as we know it? Author, historian Don Jeffries is standing by from his home in Virginia to discuss. Sometime soon, you may arrive at an airport or a stadium or a restaurant, open an app or a flashcard, and be admitted to a place of exp- or experience that was denied you during the pandemic. You will have just deployed a vaccine passport, a certification of either vaccination status or immunity following a natural infection that confirms you no longer pose a risk to others. EU leaders have backed introduction of a digital green certificate, but some countries inside and outside the EU have already announced plans for vaccine passports. The certificate, either digital or on paper, will enable anyone vaccinated against COVID or again who has tested negative or recently recovered from the virus to travel across all 27 member states. The EU also wants to include non-EU countries such as Norway, Iceland, and Switzerland. Key to the digital certificate is a QR code, a machine-readable graphic code made up of black and white squares that contains personal information. Israel has the highest vaccination rate in the world. More than half the population have already received two vaccine doses. Last month, it was able to begin easing a nationwide lockdown. The app is opening up opportunities for international travel, they say. Israel has struck deals with Greece and Cyprus so that Israeli citizens with passes can travel to those two countries. A green pass is available to anyone who's been fully vaccinated. They have to show it to access facilities such as hotels, gyms, or theaters. It's available, again, as a paper certificate or an app which links users to their personal health ministry data. That's in Israel. With COVID vaccine passports being touted by governments, major airlines, and globalist think tanks as the best way to reopen travel and economic activities, one has to question, though, whether these digital tools threaten the fundamental rights of citizens who opt out. Many might argue that COVID vaccine passports are absolutely necessary to ensure safe travel and economic activities, and that if everybody would just agree to take the experimental jab and sign up for the app, life would be a lot easier for everybody. However, COVID vaccine passport advocates seem to disregard the right of the individual to choose what they put in their body and believe that people who refuse to participate should be denied certain liberties because this is what society expects. Vaccines, vaccine passports, and the loss of liberty... Here to discuss, Donald Jeffries has been researching the JFK assassination since the mid-70s when he was a teenager, volunteer for Mark Lane's Citizen Committee of Inquiry. He's very active on the JFK assassination forums and has been a moderator on the London Spartacus Education Forum for several years. His first published book, the acclaimed 2007 novel The Unreals, has been compared to Alice in Wonderland and The Wizard of Oz. His works of nonfiction books include Hidden History, Survival of the Richest, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Bullyocracy. Don Jeffries, welcome back to the program. How are you, my friend? Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. 
So, what are your thoughts? Is this inevitable? Let's start with your country, the United States. Apparently, President Biden would like to see a passport. He's trying to work with various government departments to see if it's feasible. Is it inevitable? Are vaccine passports coming to America? It certainly looks that way. I mean, a lot of us, uh, you know, especially the conspiratorial-minded ones, which I guess I'm in that category, this is kind of what we were expecting, something like this. You know, there's a meme going around that we've seen quite a bit that I think is, has a lot of accuracy to it, and that is that the vaccine wasn't developed to, to stop COVID. COVID was developed to bring the vaccine on. And I think this is a lot of people look, especially when you look at people like Bill Gates, uh, that have been talking about something like this for a long time. And, of course, you, you throw in things like, you know, from the, the Bible, you know, that no one will be able to buy and sell without the mark and, you know, the people being scared of being chipped. It sure sounds like that's what's happening. And I think even if we don't go to quite that level, uh, I think this is, uh, has a possibility, potential, unfortunate potential to bring about like an apartheid situation. I mean, because they will probably say it's not mandatory. You don't, people like me, you don't have to get it. You just won't be able to buy or sell. You know, again, bring up the, you won't be able to basically engage in any of the essential functions of society. So you can stay in your remote cabin in the woods or whatever, but you, uh, if you're going to, you know, want to fly, you want to take vacations, you want to go to any sporting events, any other, any movies, any concerts, restaurants maybe get to that point, or maybe the stores, you're going to have to have this. And I think it has the potential to, even if they somehow allow you to maybe shop or something like that, it can be shunned. Richard, it wouldn't surprise me, especially with the way the left has gone completely crazy, if they did something like bring back separate bathrooms and, and drinking fountains for the unvaccinated. And I don't think they'd blink an eye if they did that. So I think this has the potential really to, uh, even beyond the Orwellian aspects of it, I think it has to, to divide us further because there are lots of us out there that just you know, think that it's, it's a lot more risk involved to taking this vaccine than there is any, any potential risk from a virus. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we, we're just being met with a tidal wave of propaganda, and they're shutting down people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and others like that that are trying to talk about what we're seeing with the side effects from the vaccines. I mean, they're, they're just completely censoring it. You just had a woman who was 40 years old that was a Jeopardy champion that died recently, uh, and they, call, they claim she died of natural causes. Well, she died four days after she had the vaccine. You had Hank Aaron earlier this year. You had Marvin Hagler who Tommy Hearns, another boxing champion, had made the mistake of, of tweeting out, our prayers go out to Marvin Hagler, who's in ICU now, from the after effects of the vaccine. Now, they clamped down on that real quick, and they got Mrs. Hagler to issue her to, oh, no, he, no, that's not true at all. So this is just, it's very disturbing that there, these things are out there. And, and we know that these vaccine, uh, you know, a lot of us don't trust vaccines to begin with. But this particular vaccine, this warp speed vaccine, which wasn't tested properly at all, I don't know if it was tested really. <laughs> it's certainly like most vaccines take a long time to develop, uh, not any kind of warp speed thing. So I think this is really a dangerous precedent just there, and it's dangerous in terms of the Orwellian aspects, and it fits into the authoritarianism we're seeing everywhere, where they just want to control people completely. And uh, if it gets to the point where you have to have this, and I'm seeing it in my own life, with my family and friends, I've got a group of friends that have been emailing me, and they're all talking about, you know, we can get together once we all have our second vaccines. Well, I, I don't think they know that I haven't had any, and I'm not planning to. So, you know, this has the potential to really, and already has, fractured families, fractured friendships, because I think it's an irrational fear, especially at this point, 
but you can't, unfortunately, people are buying into this, and they are scared. I mean, the, the CDC itself is telling you that this virus is, for, for every, under, under 70 years old, it's 99-point-something percent survival rate. So why are you getting a vaccine, that, which I think is 95% effective? Right. I mean, just do the math. Does that yeah. make any sense? It does. You know, that's the thing. Now, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, per se, but how do you know if the vaccine is effective once, let's say, we get herd immunity, if the vaccine, as you say, 95 or 97 percent effective, but you're the odds of, you know, surviving if you get it is 99.3 or whatever. So how do you gauge whether it's a success, I guess, is my... Let me ask you this, though. Here's a, a quote from Joan Costafont from the London School of Economics. Vaccine passports can be used as an incentive to change behavior. They not only provide some direct benefits, but they signal what society expects from individuals. They exemplify a social norm that individuals are expected to comply with. Now, isn't that interesting? Social norms individuals are expected to comply with. Now, here's the rub. I haven't seen any recent polls, but ones that I saw several months ago across Canada seem to indicate most Canadians would be on board with things like mandatory vaccinations, vaccine passports, even jailing people who they claim spread misinformation about COVID. So let's say, for example, you compare COVID with the flu, they would be on board with jailing you. So that is the new social norm. And if you happen to be in the minority, and I think both of us are, well, too bad for us. (laughs) Yeah, that's a frightening statement there, but it's indicative of the majority. And and one thing, Richard, that has disillusioned me about this entire pandemic and, and the lockdown since it started is that it really has hit home to me how I and people like me and have this kind of mind, this skeptical mindset about these things. We're really in a distinct minority. Any way you look at it, we're outnumbered. There's no question about it. So trying to convince people, and this is, this is almost, I, I almost liken this to something like the Holocaust. It's that emotional of an issue with people. I've been called dangerous, and of course they're even using the same term, denier, you're, you know, you're, you're a, a COVID denier and things like that. I've got called all that. And again, I just, especially with the vaccines, I, I would not stop anybody. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot, a lot of dubious aspects to modern vaccines, but I wouldn't stop anybody from getting them. And that's the difference, I think, between somebody that is in, you know, our camp. We don't want to stop anyone. We don't want to tell anybody what to do. Go ahead, get 12 vaccines a year. You know, do what you want. It's your body. You do what you want, but don't tell me if I don't want... What happened to my body my choice? Why, why is something in the, um, the pro-choice movement for abortion, why can't that translate into other aspects of life where, you know, it's this my body, my choice. Shouldn't I have the right to put it into it? And, of course, the essential thing about vaccines is, as many of us have pointed out, if vaccines work and you have your vaccines, what are you worried about? You're protected, Right. It makes no sense to say everybody has to get them. Well, <laughs> that makes no sense at all, because the point of you getting the vaccine supposedly is to protect you. So why do you care if I have them? But I think it's clearly not. That's not the uh, the agenda here. The agenda here is control. And, and that the quote you just read from the person from London, I think that exemplifies that. This is what they want. They want behavior modification. So they're going to expect you to comply. And uh, you see this in all aspects of life where especially in the last year since this started, 
they have really ratcheted up to where they're you know they'll throw you right off if you if you question uh, electoral fraud, if you question anything about the virus. It's misinformation. It's disinformation, and it'll be taken down. Most of my posts that I make on uh, social media, you know, I'll have to get the fact checkers up there. This is true or partially true. <laughs> so it's frightening. It really is, and I think, but I, you can't, it's an emotional issue with people. I see it in people I know personally. You know, we have a, uh, a wedding coming up in our family. It's impacting that, because it's going to get to the point where the mother involved there is really, really serious about this, and you're seeing more and more people like her that, you know, you're going to have to be vaccinated to come to the wedding. So we're going to have to make decisions, and I think you're going to have lots of decisions like that. And it, it's, it's tragic, because people have people have lost their reason. They've blown us... No matter how you look at it, that they have blown this out of all proportion. This is not the Black Plague of Europe. And people, when they look at these numbers, they should keep in mind that the CDC itself is telling you the flu has disappeared. It's 98% gone. So, you know, maybe the conspiracy theorists have been right all along when they said this is a bad flu, because where is the flu? Right. Are they rolling the flu numbers into the COVID numbers? I don't know. I don't know. It needs to be said, you know, COVID is real. People are dying. People are getting sick. But as you say, this is not the Black Death, the Black Plague. This is not even the Spanish flu. But the idea that, for me, for those that want to take the vaccine, God bless them. They should. I hope that that they do well with it. And uh, for those that would rather not, I see the idea of testing negative to get into some place. I'm fine with that because that doesn't require taking an experimental agent and putting that into my body, just a swab or what have you. I'm okay. What's wrong with that? Just demonstrating. Surely we can develop a rapid test. I think they're, they're already developing rapid tests. A rapid test that shows I have no symptoms, and therefore I can get on a plane, I can travel where I want, I can go into a restaurant. That I would be fine with. But insisting that in order for me to take part in civil society, I must have something placed into my body, that that just defies all principles and fundamental rights of the, um, you know, respect Absolutely. for one's... And I, and I think we also need to, even something like requiring uh, someone to be tested, and then you run into the, again, the evidence that's out there that has been suppressed from mainstream media, and that is that there is an alarming ratio of false positives that yes. they acknowledge. So, you know, you could easily get a false positive and not get to, you know, I don't know, not get to a wedding or a funeral or some some kind of a graduation or some kind of essential event. And we've already seen the impact this has had on society where uh, in the last year any number of um, older people in nursing homes where, of course, this was completely, you know, really hard hit, where it hit the worst. Uh, So many of these people died of broken hearts because they couldn't have visitors. And then it's compounded where after they die, you can't even hold a memorial service in many cases. I mean, this is awful. And, it's, and it's, the, the thing is, Richard, it's when they, and I keep trying to say, look, I, I'm not a virus. I, just, I don't understand about it. But I do know that uh, through human history, no virus now if, if it has acted like this. No virus has stayed this long. No virus, you know, viruses, uh, we're told, trust the science, that viruses burn out in the heat. This one apparently didn't and doesn't. And uh, they're acting as if, you know, you hear Dr. Fauci and people like that saying that, you know, we may need to get a COVID vaccine every year. He was suggesting that. Uh, this, I, I don't, and I, I just, I'm sorry, I just, 
I'm dubious that because I know there's a different coronavirus strain that comes around every year, and that's why COVID-19 was named COVID-19 for, for 2019. It was a 2019 strain. Well, what happened? What happened? Where is the COVID-20 strain? That was supposed to come in the fall. Is that, I mean, <laughs> is COVID-19? Well, there, there, are muta- there are a number of mutations. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 so, but <clears throat> what caused it, because up until this point, we had never heard, I mean, coronavirus is kind of almost a foreign word to most people. What caused this particular strain to become so deadly that it's changed the world? Literally, it's changed the world. And I think everybody ought to be asking that question. I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm open to, you know, maybe something was put in the coronavirus strain to make it extra strong or extra powerful or something, and maybe they ought to look at where, where it originated. But I think that the reaction to it has been far worse than whatever the virus was, and the, uh, just the lockdown alone has had a disastrous impact economically and socially. It's changed us forever. I have a bunch of friends that uh, well, I've lost a bunch of friends from this, but uh, just because I'm outspoken about it, I'm very dubious of it. I've been dubious of it from the beginning, and I'm, I'm getting more dubious as, as we go along because, you know, how long is this going to go on? But oh, there's a lot of people that want this. My, my friends are—they're actually posting and, and you know high-fiving each other. Uh, why should we ever take off the mask? Let, let's keep it on. Let's keep the mask on. Right. You know and I mean? why stop at one? Why not three? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wear three masks. Yep. Yeah. Well, here's something. Uh, we're, we're heading into a break here, Don. But um, some—it has been suggested uh, that the um, the vaccine, because it's still experimental and and will not be if the, the trials with it will not be finished until 2023 uh, and it is only to be used in emergencies health emergencies and so is this the reason that that governments provincial governments federal governments continue to hold on to emergency powers because once they declare the emergency is over, then they can no longer administer the vaccine, which is only to be administered during an emergency. Right. Yeah, well, it's, that's, a, that's a good question. But clearly, and, you know, I, I, just, I just don't think they're ever going to get, you know, Ron Paul uh, said something, you know, profound when, this, when they first started having these mandates and restrictions and closing things down. So, you know, when you give government extra powers like this, they never give them back. You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several tiers to choose from. Pick which one is right for you, but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated. As a sign of my appreciation, you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show, or you could have your name included in a crawl on my YouTube channel live stream. You could also receive episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. This critically acclaimed podcast, produced in partnership with Chris Jericho, is not currently available anywhere else. If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. In another reality, Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it was good, good, a handsome man, Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
Welcome back. Don Jeffries is with us, the author of Hidden History, Bullyocracy, and uh, we are talking about vaccine passports. And some are saying that social responsibility dictates that every citizen has a civic duty to get vaccinated and sign up for the digital passports. Uh, But this would seem to argue against the, uh, the, the citizen's right to sovereignty over what they put into their own body. And therefore, a, a vaccine passport would be discriminatory against those who opt out. Now, Don, my feeling is that governments may not even need to, uh, although they are starting in Europe, let's say here in, in North America, the United States, Canada, particularly Canada, because the government has sort of been as usual, slow off the mark to sort of weigh in on what they're going to do vis-a-vis passports. But I don't think they are going to need to implement a mandatory vaccine passport. I think they'll sit back and wait for, let's say, for example, the airline industry to do it on their own, and they likely will. Major uh, department stores, maybe Walmart, um, woke corporate corporations, as I'll call them, will, will likely institute... It'll be kind of maybe initially kind of a patch quilt uh, uh, effect where some will, some won't, and then eventually more and more will demand that you have a vaccine passport to enter their, their premises. And how, if, if it's a, a private company, how do you argue against that? Right, and, that's, and I think that's what the, they won't have to make it mandatory because basically, uh, you know, as, as John D. Rockefeller said a long time ago, uh, competition's a sin. And that's the way our capitalist system, a crony capitalist system, has always run to one degree or another. They, they follow the, the follow the leader. And once a few big uh, industries say you have to be vaccinated, the rest will follow. You, you'll have some outliers. You'll have some smaller businesses that won't go along with it. But then they will be ostracized because they'll be known as, hey, you know, they don't, you know, do you really want to do business there? You know, they, don't, they don't require vaccination. Their employees don't have to be vaccinated. And it will become something where people will, will shun. Uh, you, they won't need that much control because the people that are terrified of this, even, even once, the, you know, presumably, the virus is going to eventually go away. I mean, I, I can't believe it's going to be with us forever, but it, it certainly looks that way right now. But once it does, and if, if things ever go back to any semblance of, of, of normalcy, uh, still the, the people that are, are so terrified of this or maybe terrified of it coming back, well, look at you, and I see it myself, and people you know, say, you're not getting a vaccine? I mean, they look at you already as a second-class citizen, and I think uh, employers will probably gradually uh, they'll fall like dominoes, and they'll start requiring you to. Certainly government jobs will, I, I probably first off the bat, the military and things like that. It'll eventually come to the point where uh, you may not have it, but you will be, it'll be an apartheid system where people will know They'll probably know what you're doing in life. Like you, you know, you may have to start your own business or something. It's the only way you uh, you're, you don't you know that you aren't required to be vaccinated. And it's it's very disturbing. It has uh, terrible ramifications. And uh, again, they I think that uh, you know looking at it for, as I have looked at the way our leaders, our corrupt leaders, rule. Uh, I think they finally found on probably the uh, the most um, important factor in everyone's life, and that's their own health. And once they decided to, to, you know, run fear porn nonstop, and they were the media was so irresponsible, and so were the politicians right from the beginning of this, 
where you know they said the, the original uh, uh, London, the guy in London who had to scale back his model thought you know half a million would die in in, in England, millions would die worldwide. So that was the model in the beginning, and people that's what they saw, and they and they started you know comparing. They, we've read about the, the Black Plague, the Black Death in Europe in the Middle Ages. And uh, everybody thought, God, you know, are we going to be, you know, carting bodies out in uh, wheelchairs? So that's a terrifying thing to consider. And so that, I think that mindset never really left, especially with the alarming, the way the media has harped on this constantly and, um, and, and really played into this. They've been really irresponsible. And you have anybody that's trying to, to do halfway uh, responsible journalism and, and roll it back a little bit and say, you know, wait a minute, you know, this is... It, this is not as dire as they're making it out to be and trying to trying to, to point out things. Oh, no, they don't want to hear it. And I, I don't know at what point that um, that mindset is going to leave, but it doesn't look like it's going to anytime soon. And, uh, you know, I'm just amazed. Like Hollywood, for instance, uh, you know, this this is they've bought into it more than anyone, and they've destroyed their industry. Same thing with the professional sports. Uh, they gave up so much uh, money in, in the ticket sales and concessions. And I, I suspect they probably got some big time under the table uh, funds in those stimulus bills that we probably haven't uh, discovered yet. Because I don't know how else they would they would give up those kind of profits. But if they be, when those kind of things, people realize, wow, you know, things are sports are canceled, uh, movies are canceled, nothing is usual. So they really, because of the response, the response basically was to a black death. And I think that people, so that's why people are saying, well, God, you know, everything wouldn't wouldn't shut down if it wasn't really serious. And they're just not looking at what the actual numbers are, the dubious numbers, and they're overreacting, and and it's all because of the way society has treated it. And so you have people, we saw, I don't know if you heard about this in in Texas, and keep in mind, this is Texas, where the governor lifted the mask mandate last month. A church, a, a Catholic priest, I'm a Catholic, uh, a priest called the cops on a pregnant woman in at mass who was holding her baby. Yes, I saw that. Uh, I mean, this is. I mean, this and and, and where it, they didn't even have to have. There's no more. And she pointed out they don't have a mass mandate, and the priest said, "No, we have rules." Well, what happened to the this? You know, you can't say the church is a private business or they'd be required to pay taxes. They don't. So that argument doesn't fly. But it's there's no rhyme or reason to anything. But it's just it, it, people have collectively lost their reason and it's for, for those of us that are trying to stay sane it, it's really hard because people are just so emotional well, about it did you see and, what happened uh, in australia recently where um a, a man returned home from i think he was in melbourne or returning from adelaide to melbourne and mm-hmm. he arrived at home and was self-quarantining because he was awaiting uh, a COVID test and it had to be performed within 24 or 48 hours. And he kept calling, and it wasn't ready, and it wasn't ready. And he said, well, okay, but I'm quarantining. Am I still, am I still you know, okay here? Uh, you know, I don't want to be uh, doing anything amiss. And they said, no, you're fine, but, but it's not ready yet. A SWAT team showed up at his house, busted into his house, and hauled him away. Uh, and then proceeded to take him, you know, to different locations where, if he was positive, you know, he would have been spreading it uh, anyway. He all he was doing was what he was told to do. He was in his house, self quarantining, and still, and still, they came for him. This is oh. this is life in 2021 in in what used to be 
you know, Western civilization, uh, liber- liberal democracies. It, it's madness. The saddest thing is that you can't, you know, I've criticized America so much. And Melbourne, as you mentioned, that is, uh, that has been one of the most draconian uh, from, the, from for a very long time. They've really had a heavy-handed uh, re- response to this, even more so than here. But, uh, you know, there's nowhere to go. This, the whole world reacted to this thing the same way. There's even, you know, something like Vladimir Putin you think would be kind of a rebel about it. No, no. They really haven't, other than the Belarus and, uh, and you had, of course, the guy in Tanzania, which is, you know, as somebody pointed out today, this is the only president of any country that was openly skeptical about it. And then and he, he died. dies mysteriously. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, again, conspiratorial fodder there, but, um, you know, this, the whole world has acted the same way to this, and it's that's why this is unprecedented, because this is, a, this is not just a North American thing. This is a worldwide thing, and people are terrified all over. And uh, I, I don't know how you fight it, because at this point, the hysteria is so bad. I, I, don't, I mean, I'm writing my book about it, and I'm, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm well into it. I'm going to have a smaller publisher, because the big publisher's not going to publish it. And I don't know, you know, Amazon may yank it right down. For all I know, because they don't they don't take too well to this. They don't want anybody questioning it. But it's going to be full of facts, and it's going to be sourced mostly to the CDC and the WHO itself. Uh, and it, I hope people read it and, and just understand that this has been the most outlandish and outrageous overreaction to anything in the history of the world, and it has resulted in us losing what was left of our civil liberties. Okay, so again, we're talking about COVID vaccine passports, and let me read you, These are the. this is the UN Declaration on Human Rights. Everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and return to his country. That's Article 13. Everyone has the right to freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state. Everyone has the right to freely participate in the cultural life of the community, to enjoy the arts and to share in scientific advancement and its benefits. That's Article 27. Everyone has the right of equal access to public service in his country. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person. What does security of person mean? Right? What does the security of the person mean? Isn't that, doesn't that have to do with uh, the sovereignty of an individual? Uh, anyway, those are... Um, those are some of the uh, the articles in the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, and then we have the European Charter, the European Union Charter of Fundamental Rights. Everyone has the right to respect for his or her physical and mental integrity. In the fields of medicine and biology, the following must be respected in particular, the free and informed consent of the person concerned according to the procedures laid down by law the prohibition of eugenic practices, in particular those aiming at the selection of persons, the prohibition of making the human body and its parts as a source of financial gain, and the prohibition of the reproductive cloning cloning of human beings. If bodily autonomy and integrity are fundamental human rights, then then any debate on the issuance of a COVID-19 vaccine passport should, should agree on the informed consent of the individual, not mandatory adoption or coercion coming from any government or corporation. It's not an argument against vaccines. It's an argument about an individual's right to choose what they put in their body without fear of losing basic fundamental freedoms. Don Jeffries is uh, with us, the author of Hidden History, Survival of the Richest, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 uh, 1776 to 1963, and Bullyocracy. And and, uh, Don, you say you're working on a a new book right now on COVID? 
Yeah, well, I have my book on showbiz is already that's already that's going to be released later this year. But I'm I'm uh, working on a book. I'm, I'm tentative titles masking the truth, and uh, it's going to talk about this entire subject. But uh, you're, you're yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the vaccines issue is, it's, you know, again, it should be a, a, an issue of choice. What, where's the choice on that? Why can't we be pro-choice on that? And, and we should have the right to, you know, you're, nothing else. You, they don't force you to put anything else in your body, or they shouldn't. You're not forced to donate blood. You're not forced to get any particular procedure done. So, you know, why would you have to do this if you're, I mean, as I understand, there's a lot of people that don't even want you to have a religious objection, like Christian scientists or Jehovah's Witnesses or somebody like that, uh, and it's, it's, it's just disturbing because it just seems to me like such a power grab, and it plays in, you know, e- even if I wasn't in this world and didn't know what I know about the, the agendas of people like Bill Gates especially, uh, this plays into the hands, doesn't I mean, doesn't it kind of prove what their point, what they're saying, that you're, they're pushing this so much, you're pushing this so strongly, and, uh, you know, scale it back because you're, 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 you're certainly scaring people that are already... If, if I'm already kind of dubious about the vaccines and you tell me uh, you have to absolutely get this, you're hitting me over the head with it, and you're saying I can't do anything, I can't basically can't exist in society if I don't do it, well, is that going to make me feel better about it? I mean, it's... You know, that, that, right, uh, that, and the other thing that, that should send off the fire alarms uh, or the red flags is when they say the science is settled. Uh, if When someone says that, run in the opposite direction. Okay, I mean, there are certain things, yes, we can agree on. The science is settled. The, the sky is, is blue, and the sun rises in the east, and it sets in the west. But, you know, those are extreme examples. I have a daily program, 4 to 6, and I talk to medical doctors. And I recently spoke with the top public health official in a York region, which is just north of Toronto. I don't know how many people are in York region. Two, two and a half million, maybe? I'm not sure. But a, a million and a half? And uh, he doesn't agree that there is a third wave, and he doesn't agree that we should be locking down. So the idea that there is this unanimity, you know, when we were familiar with the, uh, the Barrington Declaration, all of these virologists and immunologists that have signed on, you know, thousands and thousands of them, the science is not settled, and there is disagreement. You hear so many things about the DNA. Someone else has told me it, uh, that at least one of the vaccines blocks some kind of natural tumor blocking. I mean, you hear all these things, that something could be chipped in there. The fact that people have these concerns, there ought to be a, date, a debate about it. So let's have somebody uh, like uh, Bobby Kennedy or Dell Bigtree or Naomi Wolf have an open debate. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we're just concerned about nothing. Maybe we're, maybe we're just stupid and we don't get it. But, uh, you know, I, I would like to see some of these mainstream uh, scientists and doctors debate the uh, the the, uh, the people that are skeptical about it, and uh, let the people decide. Because uh, you know, I, I'm certainly persuaded by it with everything else, and I, I don't. I, I'm certainly at least skeptical enough not to. I believe there's more risk involved in it than uh, is necessary. So I think we ought to have that choice. Early intervention. There's a number of things that could have been uh, offered up, but why? Why vaccines or nothing? It's very suspicious. Josh, thanks for the call. There's an interesting study from, again, the CDC, and, and, um, and that is that 78%, okay, nearly 80%, this is in the United States, Centers for Disease Control, nearly 80% of people hospitalized for COVID were overweight or obese. Uh, about 78% of people who have been hospitalized, needed a ventilator, or died from COVID have been overweight or obese 
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said in a new study that was, uh, well, that was last month. That was early on in March. So that's interesting. Uh, And also, um, you know, even the World Health Organization saying lockdowns do not work. And I spoke with a Danish economist on my program on Saga 960 this past week who did a uh, study, looked at 24 countries across Europe and uh, lockdowns and found they were not effective. And this has been echoed elsewhere in other studies. All right. So when people say the science is in, lockdowns work. No, the studies, there may be some studies that show that lockdowns are effective. But there are also many studies that say categorically lockdowns are not effective. And even the World Health Organization said, no, this is not, this is bad policy. So um, anyway, people can do with that what they will. Uh, So what happens, uh, Don, if vaccine passports uh, come to America which seem inevitable, and you can no longer go to your favorite restaurant down there in Virginia or go to the movies or go to, I know you love, you know, your rock concerts like me. You can't go to those. You can't go to a football game. You can't go. What what are you going to do? Well, we're either going to be forced to live as second-class citizens or we're going to bite the bullet and get the vaccine. I mean, I, you know, let's say as much of a, as an opponent I, I, I am up to, up to this forced vaccination, if I hadn't been involuntarily retired from the, uh, the actual working world a few years back, and if I had still a job where I was being paid a salary rather than just a full-time writer, I, and I, you know, odds are I was in the healthcare industry, so probably I would be certainly required to get one. I would probably, I don't think that I could be principled enough to give up that kind of salary. And I don't think very many other people can either. So I'm, I'm kind of able to do it because I'm, I'm a writer. At this point, you know, nobody's going to has told me yet that we're not going to publish your book unless you prove you're vaccinated. But it might come to that. I don't know. But I think we need more opposition, and uh, the, it's, it's going to come because that, that's the way that you can see it coming. The authoritarianism is just on steroids, and there's just not a, enough people um, opposing it, unfortunately. And uh, especially now in America with having what basically a one-party system. We have one party in power, and it's my Same here. party, the Democrats. Same here. We have a one-party system. That's what the, and that's the only reason the conservatives up here, which are by and large controlled by the, sort of the liberal wing of the party, the red Tories we call them, the only reason they're not merging with the liberals is because they want to man, maintain this illusion that we have yeah. a two-party – well, it's more than two parties, but those are the two main ones. There's no difference between the liberals and the conservatives. Don Jeffries, always a pleasure. Uh, the uh, the website at uh, WordPress, quickly. Uh, DonaldJeffries.wordpress.com. Keeping it under my blog. All right, and we look forward to um, the next couple of books coming our way. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Richard. It's always a pleasure. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.